small business owners, young professionals, curing cancer, and dodgeball? Stay tuned for the next episode of Opportunity Knocks. Welcome back, everybody. I am Dean Miller. I'm your host of the Opportunity Knocks podcast for small business owners talking about their journey uh, and the life and happiness of being a small business owner. Today's guest has become a real good friend of mine over the last couple of months due to a couple of different projects that we're working on, which we're going to touch on in a little bit. Ladies and gentlemen, from uh, the O'Neill team at Cowell Banker in Smithtown, New York, yet another one of my real estate friends, the one and only Dan O'Neill. Dan, thanks so much for coming in and doing this. I appreciate your time. I appreciate you having me. So let's dive, let's dive right in. Uh, I mentioned in the intro, Young Professionals Network. Mm. You're, you, you were saying to me just before we got on the air, you're two years into your real estate career. Mm, two years this month. Let's, let's brag a little bit. What were the num- <laughs> what were, if you don't mind, what were the numbers you were throwing out there to me? So um, I'm, I'm just about uh, at 100 deals, at 100 transactions for, for my first two years. In two um, years. Yeah. So I got my license in February, uh, the end of February, two years ago. So this, I guess, is a little bit past my two-year mark. But that is, and like I, I kind of half-heartedly joked with you before, that's a career for some real estate agents. When you look at the, when you look at the real estate industry, and again, not to make this all about real estate, but this is really, this really could apply to so many different industries and so many different business opportunities. Um, the average real estate agent in this country, depending on which report you look at is doing plus or minus five transactions a year. Mm. So you've done 10 years worth of work compared to average. <laughs> I feel um, like it too. <laughs> and, 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 <laughs> I look but, like it. <laughs> listen, you're not, you're not any worse for wear at least, which is a good thing. Mm. What was let, let's dive right into that. What were the things that you did to start to launch your career? Did you do something before you actually got your license that led you to this? Let's talk about those two years and how the hell you were able to pull off such a huge coup and, and do so much volume in such a short amount of time for somebody who's so new. Yeah. So um, just about before I got my license, um, I hated the job that I was working in. I was working 70, 80 hours a week. I, I tell the story all the time. Uh, I was doing restaurant management, could not stand it. You know, it was the same amount of money every single week. You're not making a difference. You're not doing anything other than just showing up. And um, I just really, I hated, hated it. You know, the, the restaurant industry is definitely very good. And there's a lot of successful people that make it out of it. But at the end of the day, it's just a, a vicious cycle of, yeah. you know, you work 12, 14 hours a day and then you go out drinking and it's just, you know, repeat every single never day. Ends. Never ends. So I just, I, I felt myself falling into that. Um, I absolutely, like I said, I hated it and I was driving myself crazy. So somebody, uh, my buddy Cameron Casanova, who works for AMB Mortgages, uh, works right over here in Farmingdale with White Crit Realtors. Okay. Um, it's like their sister company. Yep. So he had mentioned that his company was holding a, you know, an open house for agents and, you know, they were hiring and I thought it was an amazing opportunity at the time. I thought everyone, you know, it was like a, it was great. I was getting an interview. I didn't really realize that, you know, you can probably do that anywhere. So two, two years later, you realize it's yes, not yeah. an interview. It's not <laughs> yeah. an interview. It's come, please come join yeah. us. <laughs> so they did a great job though, but th- that's where I got my, my license. And, you know, as I was getting my license, I, I quit the business or the job that I had, I had like three months rent saved up and I kind of just went all in. So as I was taking the class, I was trying to educate myself as much as I could. So that way there wasn't really, you know, a lag period between making any money. So as I was getting closer to finishing the class, I would go down to the auction steps. I would find out when uh, foreclosures were going to auctions. I basically made up like fake business cards. I would hand them out to all the investors, all of the newbie investors that didn't know if I had a day or, you know, 10 right. years on the business or on the job. And I was just, you know, just out networking. I was knocking on doors, just basically doing anything and everything to try and get a lead. And then um, it wound up panning out because basically the first day I had my license, I already had a listing. 
Good for you. I had no idea what the hell to do with it. Didn't know what an inspection was. Didn't know how to write up an offer. I knew nothing. Trial by fire. Exactly. It's not always a bad thing. <laughs> you touch on something real brief. Mm. What was it that while you were getting your, you're going through your licensing process and taking mm. the state class, what was it that you were doing and learning? Who were you talking to? Who were you connecting so with? So really it was just about educating myself. Um, so I would go home, you know, if I was working all day or if I was out doing whatever, I would go home and I would listen to an hour to a podcast. I would listen to Tom Ferry. I would listen to Gary Vee, who we were just talking about, yep. even though it's not real estate related, yep. it's just, you know, entrepreneurial related, related because you're really starting your own business, you know, regardless right. of what company or what brokerage you're, you're under, you really, you're in it for yourself. Essentially you're in it for your clients. You so. are an entrepreneur mm-hmm. and you're self-employed. Course. And like I tell people all the time, you have the worst boss in the world. You're self-employed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and the only person you're accountable to is the guy who's looking back at you in the mirror when, you sh- when you're brushing your teeth in the morning. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. So that's why I was listening to the Gary V's and Tom Ferry obviously has his, his uh, training program. Yeah. So I was uh, doing a lot of research. I was listening to him pretty frequently. And, you know, if you talked to me at that time, I, I, you would think I was an expert. <laughs> but in reality, I didn't know anything. And people were kind of, uh, you know, it was basically just fake until you make it, I guess. It's, it's one of the beauties of this industry and, and many other sales industries I've come to learn in my conversations with other people who've been on the show mm. uh, is that when there's a lower barrier of entry, it doesn't mean you're going to get a lower quality of people. Mm. I look at a guy like yourself, you're, you're young and you're, you're way below the average age in this industry, mm. uh, but you've given yourself more experience, but you've taken... What I love about the younger generation, and I, 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 I say it all too often, I hate repeating myself here because I think people are going to get bored of it, but you got to beat it to death. <laughs> I know more 50 plus year old, lazy, entitled people than I do 35 and under. Mm-hmm. Um, and as, as a guy who's officially at midlife now, and uh, I'm not, I'm still four years away from the average realtor's age, but experience wise, I've got more than more than a tremendous amount of them because the lifespan is so short. Absolutely. I love about the millennial generation is that those who want to work do it at such a high, high, high level Yeah. Um, that I haven't experienced before uh, in, in so many areas. And, and it's encouraging to me to, to see guys like yourself and, and we'll talk about YPN. <clears throat> um, you know, Chris just Chris Backus just took a job as a manager of of what's going to turn out to be an enormous branch over yeah. in New High Park for one of the major companies here. Um, the, the young guys come, you know, and I, when I say guys, men, women doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just a term of endearment. <laughs> the the young guns come in here and really just no fear, yeah. um, no anxiety, and and sponges, and and I love that about you. I, I think it's really you just give yourself no choice. That's kind of the situation that I was in. It was either like, I hate where I'm at right now. I hate what I'm becoming. I'm not making a difference. It's just when you wake up and you're not passionate about something every single day, what's the motivation? It's like you wake up, okay, you know, I'm making X amount a week, but am I really doing anything with myself? Am I really, I have way more to bring to this world and this community than just to wake up every day and, you know, ask somebody how their steak was cooked. And not to say that restaurant management or, you know, hospitality industry is bad. It just wasn't for me. And I didn't feel like I was making yeah. a difference. I think it's one of the greatest industries in the world. I mean, I don't Absolutely. know. If you, I, I owned the place in the city for three years yeah, and I, I talk about it all the time. Yeah. It was the greatest education I've ever gotten in my life. Beth, Beth Lowe, bartender, yep. Charles, bartender, male yep. stripper, whatever. <laughs> whatever, <laughs> whatever he wants he to was, call yeah. himself. Um, Entertainer. My, Michael Murphy. I mean, fair to say that he's the number one commercial guy on the island. Yeah. You know, restaurant still, industry. Still in the business. Still in the business. Yeah. So I, I think it really gives you that experience. I have somebody on my team who came from the restaurant business and- when he first got started, he was working, I think, three or four days. John Cariello behind the bar. He's gotten to a point now where he quit. You know Aaron Bates? 
Yes. Aaron, Aaron was a, a longtime bartender as well. Yeah. He's been on the show. You know what it is? It gives you the experience. It gives you, you know, the, the communication skills that you need. And it gives you the, I'm, for lack of a better word, you're, you're constantly putting out fires yep. in that business as well and yep. constantly trying to, you know, fix issues. And it's kind of an easy transition when you get into this business because it's the same thing. You've got to juggle. You're, you're so much more than just the quote unquote mixologist when you're a bartender. You know, it's not just about making a consistently phenomenal product. It's about engaging with people, connecting with people, learning to listen. You know, it's, it's one of the things that I've struggled with in my career in real estate is in in our recruiting efforts is that you meet so many people who walk in. And even when we, when we hired Corey to to be our media director, so many of the people who were interviewed said, I know what I'm doing. Just get out of the way and let me do my job. Yeah. I said, but you don't know what my job is that I'm looking to hire you for. (laughs) And and I don't, you know, I, I have the utmost respect for wedding photographers and videographers because it's, mm-hmm. it's, you know, you got a fire under your ass and you, you have one shot at it. Yeah. You don't get a chance to take that first picture again. Yep. Um, and I love and respect that they can do that well. But when we're looking for something else, this is the world we want to live in. Don't make me adjust to what you know. We've got to find a way to adjust to the situation. Course. And I think in hospitality, it's the same thing is you've got to learn to listen really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one of my favorite lines is you got to pay attention to the things you got to hear the things that are being said, but you got to pay attention to the things that aren't being said. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's where I find a lot of enjoyment in, in having conversations like this yeah. is that, you know, we're all talking about a thousand different things. And, and, and for the sake of the plug, I, I say it all the time. Some of the best people I find who get into real estate come from hospitality first and foremost, and second, mm-hmm. a close second, physical trainers. Really? Yeah. Because they're one-on-one with people. They, they know how, well, those who are successful financially, mm-hmm. and I, I, I separate the two between how good are they at the job and how much money do they make? Because they've got to sell their services. Of course. Most of them are independent contractors within a, within a gym. Yeah. Yeah. So you've got to sell your sessions so you can get paid. That's they become salespeople. And, yeah. and I've, I've seen, I could probably off the top of my head rattle off 10 or 15 names of people who did that previously. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately for about a third of them, they look more like me today than they <laughs> did them back then um, because they get, because they get so good at what they're doing. They forget about it. And mm-hmm. one of the things I love about being an entrepreneur is that I, I just get to immerse myself in it all the time. It's, yep. I gave up golf years ago for a multitude of reasons, but one of mm-hmm. one of which I told my wife, I said, I could, and she got upset because I was working a lot at the time. And when I explained to her, I said, hey, I can go to the golf course and spend four hours on the golf course, more likely four and a half, because that's how long <laughs> it takes to play. But there's an hour before, there's an hour after. And every time you stop at another hole, there's another place to get a drink or mm-hmm. someone delivering one to you. Yeah. So I could spend eight hours a day, come home drunk <laughs> as all hell, wake up the next day with a hangover yeah. uh, and go to work slow. Or mm-hmm. I could just go work a 10, 12 hour day couple yeah. times a week, you know, in addition to what I was already doing. She looked at me and she said, you know what? There's the door. Don't let it hit you in the ass on the way out. It was a good explanation. <laughs> yeah, it made absolutely. sense to me. Um, golf is my one, uh, not to get off tangent, but golf yeah. is my one, my one thing that kind of relaxes me. Yeah. And, I, and I, I try and get out as much as I can, but obviously how busy we are, it's tough to take, yeah. like you said, four or five hours and, you know, get away from work. But that is the one thing that kind of, you know, mellows me out a little bit. I yeah, I, I, I loved it when I did it because when I, when I started playing, it was me, my brother, my dad, and an uncle. Mm-hmm. Um, my brother passed away. My uncle's moved, moved on to, to do other stuff. And my dad needed a shoulder replacement. So then it was just me. I'm like, ah, this, you know. <laughs> and I, to be honest with you, I absolutely love what I do. Mm-hmm. I mean, I get to be a creative. 
which I think is important for most of us in this what business is- to realize that we are creatives, but we have mm-hmm. to be strategic and structured in how we do it. Absolutely. Uh, and we're problem solvers. And I love, I love that part of it. I love, you know, I, n- I don't sell houses. I facilitate opportunities for people. Mm-hmm. I- I've sold six or seven in my life because I owned them. Yeah. You know, they were the ones I lived in and moved <laughs> out of. Uh, but I help people sell their properties. I don't sell it for them. Mm-hmm. And, and we're problem solvers. And, yeah. I, and I love that part of it because we get to be the guide. I mean, look, he's hiding behind the, the menu over there, but Yoda sits on, on my desk. And Yoda's role was to be a guide in Luke's story. I don't want to be Luke. I like being Yoda. I like you just kind of <laughs> ride off into the swamp and disappear when I need to. <laughs> so let's talk about um, YPN, Young mm-hmm. Professionals Network, which is an organization that falls within the real estate industry. Mm-hmm. You've been active in that pretty much since day one, correct? So not, not necessarily since day one, um, my first ever listing, my first open house, I actually met Beth at, she had a buyer that was interested. So, you know, she mentioned it to me and again, I, I just had my license first listing. I don't know what anything is. I don't know what a sales agreement is. I'm sure as hell don't know what YPN is. So she's kind of recruiting me. She's telling me about it and it kind of just went over my head. And then I was fortunate enough, which is pretty interesting to do, uh, again, in my first year. So it was Beth Backus. I did a, I had a listing in Smithtown. I did a deal with Backus and then I had a, uh, I had a buyer and I did a deal with Kyle Kelly. So now, and now I have a deal with Mark Donnelly. So I've literally like the form hit the core of it. Yeah. I've done a deal with, and I was fortunate enough to do it, you know, within my first year. So it was at that point that, you know, every single time you hear, get into it, get into it. And um, once I got my bearings, I knew what I was doing a little more. That's when I decided to jump in and, and uh, I was fortunate enough and, and very grateful to win top 20 under 40 for basically my first real year in, in the business. And um, this year I, I'm in a director role with the YPN. Good for you. I made the, the uh, RPAC $10,000 pledge over the next 10 years. And I was on Joe Sonona's podcast last week or two weeks ago. And, and I mentioned how one of the things that motivates me is, you know, being younger in this business in a predominantly older you know, business and industry, like you had mentioned before, I really do want to make a difference. I, I want to be a difference maker, you know, for the community, for the industry. There's an 89 or 90% failure rate within the yep. business. You know, I want to be a solution to that. And I also want to get involved, you know, even higher with MLS, LIBOR and you know, take it beyond YPN you. eventually. Yeah. So. And I, and I, and, and I think that's why guys like yourself have, have a long run, figure out a way to transition into that position that you define as successful uh, because it's not for anyone else to define for us. Yeah, of course. Um, and, and eventually put yourselves in a position to transition onto whatever's next for you. And, and I have no doubt based on the short time that you're doing this, whatever your game plan is, you will find and create those opportunities for yourself. You won't wait for anybody to give them to you. Um, And that's part of what I love about doing this is what are the odds of a, of a realtor who's kind of was in that Smithtown market, but you're, you're everywhere now Mm -hmm. Um, running into a guy in a little, you know, with one of the bigger names on the Island, running into a guy who runs a little mom and pop shop. That's that's buried (laughs) on the second floor above a bank with no (laughs) signage outside. Uh, it's, It's what I love about, that mindset. I think mm. we, we met each other, you know, I'm, I'm a big believer in karma uh, and, and you get what you, you get, what you give. Um, and social media has been a huge blessing to me yeah. as an old timer in that world and, and watching what so many of the younger people have done and, and absorbing it and embracing it so much. That's how we originally connected. I think was social just, media. you saw something I did vice versa. I followed you back, mm. watch what you did. And I said, son of a bitch, this guy, <laughs> this guy gets it. Yeah. He does stuff that I like. You know, we're talking about starting a, an actual media company. Yeah, of course. Uh, and, and I, I, I can't tell you how many leads. I mean, people always ask me, like, what's the biggest lead source? And of yep. course, I spend the money on Zillow and Realtor and all the different platforms. But we'll, we'll for, talk for about me, that off the, yeah. off the off camera. <laughs> Absolutely. But for me personally, I mean, just from the content that I'm putting out on, on Instagram and Facebook, yeah. that's my biggest lead source. You know, some of the uh, videos that we're doing, 
We just did one on uh, we made a Netflix spoof I of saw the listing video. It got reposted by the Broke Agent, which is just a very popular yep. you know page huge from, following, huge yes. account. And um, it wound up getting like 50,000 views. And more importantly than that, we sold it in the first day for a way above new neighborhood yeah. record. Seller was extremely happy. We were able to say, listen, we just got you know, 50,000 views in two days. And, um, you know, I'm just having fun with it. We're yeah. creating funny content and it's giving me an outlet to, to create and, and be myself. Yep. And I love it. Yeah, you've got, you've got a good sense of humor. I, I, I definitely think you've got a little bit of a twisted sense of humor in there. <laughs> it, 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 you, you haven't brought it out too much yet, but I could see little signs of it. Anybody who knows me knows you know, sarcasm is one of those traits that I... I love to hear because I can give it as well, if not better than getting it. Me too. Um, and, and it's fun. You know, I never yeah. do it with any malice. No, no, of depending course. Depending on who's on the other side of it, you know, <laughs> it's someone I love. I'll tear them apart. Yeah, yeah, me too. Um, but you, yeah, you've done a great job. And, and what, as a digital native, let, mm. let's talk a little bit about the digital world. As a digital native, somebody who grew up with that stuff in your back pocket from, mm. from day one, for the most part. Yeah. Who influenced you? What made you do it? What made you want to pursue it? And and how are you leveraging it? So it really just came about very organically. Um, it was really just, you know, I was already posting on my Instagram. I was already doing, you know, some stuff and, and creating content, but it was, it was very organic in the sense that I just finally got the idea of, Hey, listen, I have a lot of funny, good ideas that are kind of a little bit different. And it goes back to me wanting to make a difference and being unique in the business. So I just had a bunch of ideas. I said, listen, let's try and make it happen. I was never really in front of a camera before. It was just very, very natural and very organic. And my following started to grow and grow and grow. And I think a lot of it had to do with people seeing me and having the success in the business and maybe wanting that for themselves, whether it's real estate or, or related or, or not. Yep. And my following just started to grow and we started to put out more content. People started to like it. And it could have went one of two ways. I could have put out these videos and people would have been like, holy crap, this kid's, this guy's a weirdo. Yeah. Or it could have been, wow, this guy's doing a great job. And luckily it was the latter. And No, I, I think it's a combination of both. And I, th I think nowadays... The weirder, the better sometimes, you know? <laughs> but you know what it is too? And, and I say this all the time. I think the reason that I'm getting these leads from social media and, and the reason why it's doing so well is just because I'm being myself. So now when I go on these listing appointments, I don't have to sell myself yeah. necessarily anymore. It's they, they act like they already know me because I'm myself, right? Whether it's me going out to dinner with my girlfriend and getting wine and food, whether it's me, you know, playing golf or, or loving the Islanders, people just feel like they know me and they know my life. So I don't have to sell myself anymore. Right. And it's it's, it's awesome. It's a great feeling. Authenticity is always going to be the top of every list. And we, we forget about it all the time, but it lives in the back of my head to never forget to share that word with people. Yep. Uh, because it's, I, I look at my own experiences and say, when you try to be something other than what you are, you're, you're destined to fail. You know, you may get the wins, you may get a few bucks here and there. But the long term, anything that's not authentic will come back to bite you in the ass at some point. And then you're not even happy with it because you're being somebody that you're not on social media. Like, I can't tell you how many people that, you know, of course, and listen, we don't put everything on social media, right? Like, we all have our issues. We all have our problems. There's a, there's but, a line. Of course. But, you know, if you're being somebody and you're portraying somebody that you're not on social media, A, people are going to see right through you. you know, that's number yeah. one. And then number two, are you even really happy with that? Because you're not you're not being yourself. You're, right. you're, you're locked in and, you know, that's just how I feel about yeah. it. And, it's a great, it's a great platform to be yourself, to show what you're doing every day and to get people to know you without actually having that faith. Yeah. I, I feel like I know you like a, a brother. No, no <laughs> like and trust. Media. And that's why I said, listen, come, come to the office. If I'm yeah. not here, let yourself yeah, in yeah. kind of thing. I, you know, and, and I feel, I feel the same way as, you know, mm. we, we talk about, you talk about authenticity, you talk about getting to know people like them and trust them. Yeah. Um, let me, let me, I want to jump back to that, but let me ask a question. Do you find because of your use of social media, do you find that you're speaking to a smaller segment of the market when it comes to age 
or of course men would I, i'm you? very self-aware okay. i know that most of my following is going to be my age it's right. going to be a little bit younger um i understand that you know my 65 year old grandmother whoever old she is is not going to be watching my you know instagram videos right. she's, I, she's over on facebook <laughs> exactly yeah. so i do try and get a blend of both you know i do post on facebook and, and vice versa but you know what it, it's very um you know i know my demographic and i know who i'm, I'm reaching out to and there's a way to show it, right? So I go on listing appointments sometimes and I show these videos. And I mean, some people don't even have a cell phone anymore. They have a house phone still. Mm-hmm. So to be able to portray and say, listen, this is where the market is going. This is where people are finding their houses. It's really just a matter of doing a good job and, and showing these people, um, you know, this is what we're creating. This is right. what we're doing. And more so, what's very interesting is I would say the, the majority of my leads aren't from the actual people themselves. They're from people that see what I'm doing and know somebody else, whether it's a cousin, a sister, a brother, a mother grandparents that we're telling them to follow we're you. We're telling to, Hey, listen, this guy's doing a great job. He's you know, successful, knock on wood on his own, right? Give him a, give him a chance, give him a call, see what he, if he can help you. So you've created enough brand awareness in a short amount of time mm-hmm. that that trust factor, which is the hardest one to, to connect with mm-hmm. actually exists for you. Yes. Fantastic. And, and it's mostly referrals where it's, Hey, listen, my cousin's looking to buy, they're moving up here or, or, you know, whoever my mom's looking to sell. What percentage of your business would you say comes from some type of referral? At this point, I mean, back in the day when I first got started and we could talk for an hour just on that about all the four sale by owners and the stories I have, right. um, but I would say referrals now it's like 80%. I would really wow. say it's every day. Like I'll wake up one day, like I don't have a listing today. All of a sudden four o'clock rolls in. Hey, my mom wants to sell in, in you know, Smithtown and help her out. So, wow. So that's why, you know, there's no days where I wake up and I'm unhappy. It's just, you got to keep going. And and, you, and, and, and based on you, you got to check out Dan, Dan on Instagram specifically. Um, but based on that, you don't ever feel that you're kind of going through the back door to get to people. It's just you doing you. It's just me how doing often, me. And- how often, because people are afraid to ask, how often do you reach out to people and say, hey, this is what I do. Is there anybody you know I could help? Sure. So when I first got started, you know, they always tell you, reach out to your sphere of influence. Mm-hmm. Hey, I just got my real estate license. And um, to me, I think that's just very disingenuous, especially if you're reaching out to somebody you haven't talked to in four years. Right. All of a sudden, hey, I got my real estate license. Can I come sell your house or whatever? People are going to be like, you know, get right. out of here. Yeah. Um, so for me, you know, I did that when I first got started, I found that it didn't work. So now I just take a, a more of a, um, a genuine approach to it. You know, if somebody's birthday, I'll reach out to them. I'll shoot them a text. If I see they just went on a vacation, Hey, how was your trip? It looked awesome. Somebody gets engaged, you know, same thing. And I just try and make myself more aware of, of staying in contact with people because listen, we, we all get older, we lose friendships or we get distant. You know, we don't really reach out to people as much as we should. And whether you're a sports fan or not, I think that the Kobe Bryant, uh, is passing away yep. not to be you know, get to on a depressing note. I think that really touched me in a way because like I said, we're all busy. We have a lot of stuff going on. And I think for me, it was a wake up call to start reaching out to more people, yeah. you know, pet friends in the past that I haven't seen or heard from. So for me, that was, you know, whether you're a sports fan or not, that has to be an eye opener for you. Yeah. You know, there, there's events, there, there's triggers mm-hmm. that, that cause every action. Of course, all over. Listen, there's, there's a reason why you got out of bed. There's a reason why you went to, there's little triggers that, that cause every, every mm-hmm. movement. Uh, not to get overly philosophical. I feel like Chris Pesci's back again. I can go down. We did an interview with Chris Pesci. He was a commercial broker here with, mm. uh, with, with Murphy's team. Yeah. You mentioned earlier. And we went down a rabbit hole where I, I actually felt like a Tibetan monk talking to him. And he was like, I'm sorry, I'm here. I'm like, Dude, I'm, lo- I'm loving this because I love stoic wisdom and philosophy, you know, being philosophical, not necessarily philosophy, but we went that we went down a rabbit hole. It was one of, one of my, most enjoyable 20 minute segments of what we did because of what it did for me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you look, you look at events like that and you know, it's what makes you, 
it's what helps you maintain awareness. Mm-hmm. And, and you used the word earlier, self-awareness. Mm-hmm. When you can embrace that and truly be authentic to who you are, yeah. people sense it. And it's, it's never fraudulent. It was, it was one of the challenges I had in doing this was, you know, why the hell does anybody want to listen to the message I have? And, of course. What, and do I have a message? Of course. And then I ripped the Band-Aid off. We bought the equipment. I brought yep. my daughter in here who was uh, just past nine. Mm. And I sat down. And I said, "Allie, let's go. You're my first guest." And I haven't, I haven't aired it, but I think, I think I'm going to. You should. Uh, and and yeah. that's kind of like where where I was too when I started the podcast. When I started these videos, in my opinion, it was kind of just getting over the fact of, listen, uh, 200 people will see this and they don't, they hate it or whatever. Or right. you know, who cares what I have to say, right? It's not so much about our opinion sometimes mm-hmm. as it is the fact that we've got a thought, and of course, somebody out there is going to benefit from that thought. And and that's exactly what where my head was at when I started all the videos and the podcast and that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. It was more so I can help out one, one person, That's whether it. it's even if it's real estate related or just life in general of hating a job and wanting to take a, a plunge into something else. Yep. It was, it was, I was happy with that. Yeah. And that's why I got into it. And it's really what it's yeah, all about. We're, we're going to end up going down the path where I, I love having a guest in here because it makes it easier for me to, yeah. I, I like to listen and, and encourage you to share your story because I, I think part of my purpose is to help other people get their message out. So we're, we're going to evolve our podcast and we're 20 something episodes into it, but nice. we want to actually take local business owners, not just the entrepreneurs in the sales business like we are, which has been a big percentage of our, 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 uh, our guests so far, mm-hmm. but take the guy who owns the coffee shop downstairs and the guy who owns the dry cleaner and the guy who owns the bar over there yeah. and say, what can we do to help spread your message? Uh, because we've gotten lucky. We figured out how to market these things to very targeted areas. Yeah. Let's just be a good guy who says, I have a skill set and knowledge and, and the people and, and the resources to do it. Let me promote your business. Mm-hmm. And when people say why, you know, we, we launched, <laughs> what, what do you get out of it? Yeah. That, that's always the question. Right? We, we launched a series called, if you live here and there's an Instagram account and a Facebook account. It's if you live here, or Long Island. Uh, and it's, it's going to be all about us going to local businesses and highlighting what they do and what they do well and who they are as people. And we're going to promote the hell out of that because it gives us exposure as a real estate company, but we're doing it under a completely different umbrella. Yeah. And it just, you know, we did the first one we did was for a place in Long Beach and we've got over 17,000 views on that video. And if it cost me a hundred bucks, it was a lot. Yeah. Uh, And like you said, what's, what's in it for you? I said, well, people see what I'm doing. I connect with Listen, I did this for you. And if you ever know anybody who has a need for my services, of course. I know your best friend works in the real estate office that's upstairs two doors down from you. Yep. You're going to give him every referral you got. And I expect mm-hmm. nothing less. But what it does for me is every time I walk in there, he says, there's no bill for you. And I just pay the server knowing what the bill's going to be. That's awesome. Because uh, it's just a running joke. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm going to always stay with, it's the old school, it's the old school little bit of Italian in me that I have that says I never want to owe anybody a favor. Yep. So I'm always going to do one more because that's just the way that I, that I grew up and I was raised and how I feel. Absolutely. And to get back to how we started uh, this topic about the social media and, and being self-aware, it's funny because I did grow up in the social media world. I've had a cell phone. My parents are divorced. So I had a cell phone when I was maybe in sixth grade, right? Like very young. So I am very savvy with my phone, but I'm also very self-aware and I'm terrible when it comes to all the other softwares, the CRMs, all of those kinds of things. So I've, I realized, Hey, listen, let me hone in on my specialty, which apparently I guess is, is social media. Let me, you know, bust my butt and, and get on that and, and delegate out or, or, you know, have somebody else help me out with those other platforms. And that's kind the of what fact I do. that you're smart enough to be aware of that mm-hmm. at such an, I'm not even gonna talk about your age, but at an early stage in your, your entrepreneurial path yeah. is remarkable to me. Um, because I, you know, I, I've been. I've basically been some type of entrepreneur since I'm 
I started my first business at 16 uh, as a mobile <laughs> DJ, believe it or not. DJ Dino on the ones and twos. You got uh, the voice too. Yeah. That's vinyl, really funny. vinyl. I still own every record. Probably why you can't hear too. I, I 100%, <laughs> I put the headphones on and I cringe because I know it's part of the reason why I've got, yeah. got some hearing loss. And I get that tinnitus where I get that ringing in my ear. I'm like, yep, yep. Stop, start mixing music in my head again. Um, but, but that's a, a, a huge talent bit of self-awareness to say, I'm not mm. good at this. Who can do it for me? Yeah. Um, it's what's led us to dive so much into this world and that I love to learn. I was, it's kind of becoming cliche to say I was a terrible student, but I mm. wasn't a great student. I had the high seventies when I graduated, never liked going to class, tried to figure out how to stay out of it more than go, yeah, go to them. Um, one class in particular senior year, which was just a joke. I think I showed up to the classroom four times and it was only because the teacher liked me. They were like, come back in, yeah. say hello. Yeah. You get a pass. You yeah, get yeah. enough. Um, but I'm obsessed with learning. Yeah, me too. You know, give me a good book. Give me a good audio that, that's book. That's what's amazing about conversation. This, that's what's amazing about this business is no matter who you talk to, whether it's a book, a podcast, whether it's surrounding yourself with successful people, like every day I'm learning something new in this business and just about life in general. And it's so awesome. And I really do think that I'll be, you know, 70 years old, still selling real estate and still learning at that point in time. Yeah. It, so, all right, here, here's a path we can go down for the show. But you mentioned podcasts earlier and you mm -hmm. mentioned books and I've got a library in there. I've got, I've got a, I've literally got a library in my attic at home, nice. uh, like six bookshelves full of books that I've read. That's awesome. Give me some insight. What are some of the best books that have had the most influence on you in life? They don't have to be business related. They could be anything. Give me two or three of your favorites. So I'm, I'm not a huge reader. Okay. Um, you know, I'm the first one to admit that, <laughs> you know, especially when for me, you know, you're working eight o'clock in the morning till seven or eight o'clock right, at so, night. So let's, let's jump but, over. But, but one book that really did a lot for me was Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Yep. Um, and that was really, and then the million dollar or the, I think it's a million dollar real estate agent by yeah, Gary Keller. Gary Keller. Those were the two that really like yeah. stuck out the most to me and that meant the most to me. Um, and it's really, I've tried to uh, adapt, you know, the mindset and the, and the teachings of those two books and, mm -hmm. and put it into my, not even just my business, but just everyday life. And I really think that those both went a long way for yeah, me. The, it, extremely powerful get you know start start in our industry gary's book was is by far one of the greatest pieces of, of writing mm -hmm. specific to real estate agents and it's it stood the test of time oh, since absolutely. the day it went out and and you look at rich dad poor dad it's just legendary I actually i actually uh used the hashtag rich dad rich dad poor dad and robert kiyosaki to uh <laughs> to talk about some of the investing stuff that mm -hmm. we've been pushing on Instagram because of the event, which gonna, we're going to talk about in a few yeah, minutes. Absolutely. Um, podcasts, any favorites? Any, so, so the Tom Ferry podcast is definitely up there for me. Um, okay. Gary V. I love listening to him. And then other than that, I, I try and clear my, try and clear my head by listening to, uh, to other podcasts and, and sports related mostly. Okay. You know, I'm a big sports guy, but um, I know I don't, I don't hold the Islanders thing against you. I'm a fanatic <laughs> Ranger fan. Are you? I'm a diehard Islanders fan. They you stink. You look on the table there. I got some, some nesting eggs. They call Wayne Gretzky and <laughs> some, yeah. some of the old Rangers in it. Yeah. Uh, but that, that's what I try and do. And, and, you know, we have so much going on, whether it's all the clients that we deal with and, you know, all the different fires we have to put out throughout the day and now having the team. So I'm not just dealing with, you know, my own problems, but I'm also dealing with, you know, their issues and their fires. So for me, I like to just get home and, you know, I eat my first meal at like 8.39 PM. And okay. I like to just shut my, my brain off a little bit. What's your, what's a typical work day like for you? What time do you start? What time do you finish? What do you do before and after? Yeah. So I wish I could say that I'm up like Brian Carp at 3.30 AM. I'm but not. I'm definitely not. No. That's just not my speed. Um, I try and get up, you know, around like 7, 7.30. Okay. Um, just check my phone, start making some calls. I try and relax for the first 20 minutes, you know, drink a coffee and, and just try and clear my head. I'll practice, you know, some speeches or some scripts in the mirror. So that way when I make my first phone call, I'm not, 
hey, this is Dan O'Neill. You know, my voice is all over the place. Get warmed up a little yeah, exactly. bit. Exactly. And then, uh, yeah, start my day. I, I try and start it off in the office, uh, get as much paperwork or, or BS that I can done. And then it's just out for appointments. And, you know, typically I'm out from like, let's say 8 a.m. to maybe like 6, 7 p.m. So you don't have, you're not one of these guys who time blocks every minute of your life? Not yet. Okay. I'm sure that, you know, one day maybe I will be, but that's just not how I've been. You know, you I find you that. You answered my next question. Yeah. So I mean, listen, I, I'm, I'm more so, um, trial by chaos, I guess it is trial by fire. No. I think I thrive more so in chaos. And uh, eventually I think I should get into that and maybe block off my times. But to me, this business, there's, it's always on the fly. It's always changing. So, you know, for me to block off every half hour of my life, yeah. I don't think that it's necessary. I know that I'm working seven days a week. I know I'm going to be working from 8am to 9pm every day. And you're good with it. And I'm good with it. Yeah. And I love it. And it's my passion and right. it doesn't feel like work. I, I, I always look at the work-life balance line as, as kind of a cop-out for so many people, mm-hmm. because you can't, you can't live your life eight hours a day, work eight hours a day and sleep yeah. eight hours a day and have a life. Yep. You're, you're going to go insane. This um, is the thing too. And, yeah. I, and I always say this, and, and I think a lot of people want to be successful and they want this life and they don't want to put the work in. They, mm-hmm. they don't want to be, you know, they don't want to be successful in the sense that they have to work, you know, the eight hours, um, or I'm sorry, the eight days a week or right. the 70, 80 hours a week. Yep. They don't want to put that time in, but they want to be successful. Right. So you can't have both. You know, you got to put the time in when That's you can. And, and luckily, knock on wood, I'm healthy right now you know, besides some bad shoulders, but, um, <laughs> but you know, I'm healthy right now. I'm able to do it. I'm not married just yet. I don't have kids just yet. So I, I can spend those, that, those hours and that it. time. And my girlfriend's very understanding and, and I appreciate her, you know, for, for being that. Oh, way that's too. awesome. Yeah. yeah. It's important to have good support around you. Yeah. And, and like you said, being that you're, you're not married, having, having that relationship where, where they value and appreciate the fact yeah. that you value and appreciate what you do. Mm. I, I, that's why I say, you know, I don't get to spend eight hours a day with my, with my wife and my, you know, I got one, I got an 11 year old who's still home with me. The other three are all gone and out. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm very grateful for that as well. <laughs> uh, although two of them are flying home this weekend to, nice. to spend a couple of days home. So I'll, I'll take a little time off with them. Yeah. But you know, I, I think my wife would even say it. If I were to spend eight hours a day with her, four or five days a week, I'd have my second ex-wife. Yeah. We'd, kill, we'd kill each other. <laughs> oh, absolutely. So, you know, you have, you have, there's a different quality of time that you spend mm-hmm. with people. And, and, Create those memorable moments. Of but, course. Uh, yeah, yeah. Work-life balance, I think, I think is, is uh, what's the phrase I'm looking for? I, I just don't think it's attainable by that definition. Of course. And uh, I think it takes you a long time to master it as well. I don't think it's something that you can just get yeah. into the business and also, no, I have a great work-life balance. Yeah. I, I don't think that's possible. I think it, it comes over time. And for me, my thing is I would rather spend, you know, the seven days a week, 70, 80 hours a week for three months, let's say. And then cut out for a four day trip and, and go to, right. you know, California or Mexico or whatever. And, and that's when you relax, you it's, put the time in and then you yeah. get to go make those memories because me spending time with my girlfriend and we, we do spend a lot of time together. But like you said, if I was home with her eight hours a day, yeah. she would want to murder me. So I had a couple of years ago, I was, I was traveling. I, I was doing seven, eight conferences a year and I, it's awesome. I would get to meet with people and I'd speak to groups and do different things. Uh, and I was on the road constantly, mm. but Whenever people looked at my life, and this was early in the social media days, so I didn't, you know, Foursquare was was the thing way back when. And I, <laughs> MySpace. I, I do the show. I was just post MySpace, but uh, I was early on, early on a Foursquare. And I do the check-in thing because it was a way to engage with people because mm. other people were using it. And everybody would reach out to me and say, dude, you're always on vacation. I'm like, no, I'm not on vacation. I'm on vacation like every five weeks. Yeah. Like you go on vacation. How the hell do you get any work done? I said, well, mm. you know, the four and a half weeks that lit up the vacation. I took a day off or two. That was a lot. Yeah. 
but it was by choice. I, I loved it. And my mm-hmm. weekends were spent in, you know, four day weekend in Aruba and a three day weekend in the Hamptons. And it's awesome. You know, down seeing mom and dad in Florida in the winter. Yeah. Uh, and it, and it worked for me. Um, but at the same time, like last night, my normally my wife and I go to bed somewhere around 11, 1130. Mm-hmm. Last night she was wide awake. I went upstairs, went to bed, fell asleep for a half hour, woke up at one I'm like, son of a bitch. I can't, I can't sleep for two hours. I sat there on my phone, answering emails, doing yeah. some research. That's the beauty of being an entrepreneur. I think Absolutely. the thought process woke me up. Mm-hmm. I was, I had a thousand things on my mind and I'm, I'm kind of grateful that I don't keep the notepad next to my bed. <laughs> like I used to, because every I'd wake up all the time and I'd see words and then they would just fall off because in the dark I'd write. Go I, I do the same thing. Yep. But I think that's the beauty of being an entrepreneur is that our, our mind is always, is always geared towards let, let's get better. Let's get better. Not more, 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 but how do we improve? How do we, whether it's improve our bottom line, improve our processes, improve Absolutely. our products. Um, and service too. I, I'm constantly, you know, my yeah. mind's constantly going on how, you know, a lot of these brokers just say that they're very agent centric. And to me, I think that that is just, you know, not to disrespect anybody, Probably but I think shit. that, yeah, yeah. I, I think that's very stupid to say because we really should be client centric. You yep. really should be modeling your business and modeling your day to day on how can I do better by my clients. From an owner standpoint, and, and I don't use the word broker, I see the owner of the company. There's two mm-hmm. ways to look at it. You know, I don't, everybody who's been an employee to me, all my years that I've owned businesses, I've worked for everybody who's come to work for me. Even though I'm writing a check in their name, I work for them. It's yeah. my job to give them the best tools, the best techniques, the best systems, whatever they need access to. So I've always looked at it as, as a broker owner to say, I am agent-centric. I want the best people here. I, I want the people who come here to be the best version of themselves of that course. they can be. And they've also got to fit into the model of what the company wants to do. Mm-hmm. You know, I could find an agent who's doing 100 transactions a year, but if they're going to be a cancer to everyone else, does yeah. it make sense for me to tra- make that trade-off? Um, but I think part of being a good servant leader to your agents is to make sure that they're good servant leaders to their clients. Of course. So it, it's that trickle-down effect. I don't want to minimize the consumers that that obviously give us our revenue. Mm. Um, but you've got to have that flow. Um, yeah, absolutely. And, yeah. and it's interesting, too, Nick, now that I started my own my own team, you know, having the agents that are under me, it's, you know, you're not a broker, you're not an owner or anything like that. But, I mean, in a way, it's a mini, mini kind of a uh, you know, model of that. You're the influencer. Exactly. So, you know, you have to give them all the tools to succeed. You have to be able to provide the leads and, and make sure they're trained and doing everything that they should be. And, right. you know, I'm really, I'm grateful because it, it could have went south and it could have been a flop, but yeah. you know, luckily everyone's, they're busting their, their butts and they're doing amazing. Tell me a little about your team. How many people you have? So right now we have uh, six agents okay. that I'm working with. Um, okay. A few of them I knew before real estate. Um, some of them I've met since I've been in the business. They've all come from uh, different, you know, element or, um, you know, uh, Remax. Also oh, all, all licensed before they came to you. Um, so three, three out of the six were. Okay. Yes. All right. Um, one of them I knew from college who was John Cariello is doing great. You know, Jake Biro, Justin, Brianna Murphy was with Element. George Newell was with Element as well. And to see them come over and succeed the way that they are and, and doing so well and being in the office every single day. And, you know, of course we, we have our fires we put out and it gets frustrating, but to continue to keep pushing and doing you know, and just completely buying into what I'm saying and, and doing so well. It's, I love it. It's even more of like a high. It gives me even more yeah. oxygen than me doing well myself. Has it moved you? And this is going to be a, a weird question to ask mm-hmm. and probably hard to answer. Has it moved you away from being the quote unquote salesperson or has it helped you leverage to become a better salesperson? So I think a mix of both. 
you know, obviously I'm spending more time now. Whereas when I was just by myself, I was just worrying about me and, and right. my deals. And, and now you have to spend a lot of time with them and helping them. And um, I think it's a little bit of both. You know, I, I think it's making me a better salesman and, and being able to serve my clients better. And I also think that I'm spending more time, you know, with them as well. So I think you have to find the balance. You know, I don't think that you should go one way or the other. I think finding the right balance and coaching, and, training, mentoring them and well, while also being but, a service provider for them. Of course. Yeah. I think if you find a good mix of both, that's what's really going to, you know, get you to succeed. And so far we're doing really well. Knock on wood. We've good done over, uh, I think for January and February, we're at 15 contracts for, for both. That's outstanding. Mm-hmm. So for, again, I'll, I'll do the math. That's three years for, for the <laughs> average agent. Um, yeah, we had Eric Braun in here and I, and, uh, yeah, awesome. with, with Contour, uh, mortgage company and, uh, you know, defeating average. Yeah. And, and I, I love that about him. He was the first person that actually ever said it to me in the way that he said it. Yeah. And it stuck with me so much that I, I absolutely, I really need to start giving him a little more props and leveraging his <laughs> hashtags and some of the stuff that I do. He does a great job too. I mean, you know, I've, I've known of him since I got into the business yeah. and I've seen his stuff and I was just texting with him before. And, and he's also on the, on the campaign this year for yep. Charles and LLS. Yep. And uh, he does a great job. You know, he, he knows how to leverage his social media. He knows how to, um, you know, showcase what he's doing and how he's able to help people. And yeah. I've heard nothing but positive things. He's an, he's an educator and he, he's, uh, he's a very sincere and incredibly authentic person. Yeah. Yeah. That's one of, one of the things I, lo- I love about him. Um, and there's only a small handful of mortgage people that I've dealt with in my entire career. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was so happy when Eric and I connected to bring him into my ecosystem and to Absolutely. become a little bit a part of his and another plug for him. He's doing his brewery three, I know. Uh, which is a great networking event. He's doing his third one out. Uh, I, I know it off the top of my head because I see his posts a thousand <laughs> times a day, but Corey was actually out shooting some promo stuff for him this morning yeah. uh, out at the blue point brewery. So if which you, I love. If you are a real estate agent or in the real estate world, uh, check out, check out, uh, not your average lender, which is Eric Braun, uh, and his event out at Blue Point Brewery, which is coming up in a couple of weeks. There are still a few spots left, I think. Um, so yeah, let's keep plugging more people. All right. So <laughs> now, now let's go, let's dive right into the, the main reason I think you and I wanted to do this. Mm. Um, you, I think you come from that servant leader mindset as well. Uh, and I, you come from a position of giving in so many things that I've observed of you of you, mm-hmm. uh, not even face to face, but in your online, in the online world. Yeah. You and I connected through a good friend of ours, the one and only Charles Weinraub. Yes. Um, Charles, as if you don't know the handsome home buyer, Captain Permit, um, he is one of the, one of the most successful real estate, uh, fix and flip investor guys on the Island right now. And there's, mm-hmm. there's a handful of them who do it really well, but He's, he's got 300 deals in, in yeah. five years or something like that. He's he's, and Charles is moving on to continuing to do that, but moving on to bigger and better things while he's still going through and, and educating himself, getting his master's degree at NYU. Mm-hmm. Um, Charles has always been a very philanthropic person and he was nominated to run for the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society's man of the year for 2020. Mm-hmm. I had the honor and privilege of working with the woman of the year from 2019, Lauren Zambelli. And when mm-hmm. Charles told me he was doing this and Beth Lowe to bring Beth up again, nominated Charles. The minute he said he was putting a team together uh, and he mentioned it to me, I said, I'm yeah. in. There was no questions asked. <laughs> and when I saw the list of people on the team, I said, every single person on this list that I know mm-hmm. are just good people is yeah. the only way to put it. And those who I didn't know who I've gotten to meet, mm-hmm. good people. Yeah. And I'm honored to say that you're part of that team 
that I'm on with Charles. Absolutely. Um, so we're sitting around and we're having one of our first group meetings after putting some ideas together. And Charles actually wrote out a business plan yeah. for his fundraising efforts. It's a 10 week to, to talk about it a little bit. It's a 10 week effort uh, between April and June. Uh, I don't know. I think it's April 3rd through June 10th or 12th, something like that. Yeah. Um, where the goal is to raise as much money as possible during those 10 weeks. And he or she, he and she, cause it's a man yep. and woman, it's two separate competitions. Yeah. Uh, win the title of LLS man or woman of the year. Mm-hmm. And Charles set a goal to raise $500,000 this year. Yeah. Partly because one of the all time highest ASOF last year, the man of the year, ASOF German, who's mm-hmm. a lawyer here on Long Island, yep. raised about $450,000, give or take a little bit. So Incredible. Charles says, I'm going to be incredible. And it, it was mind blowing. We raised, yeah. uh, we raised uh, well, well over a million dollars as an organization last year for, mm-hmm. for cancer research. Um, Lauren's team raised about $130,000. I was on a part of that. She, and, and it was fantastic. Uh, but Charles came in and said, well, got to be number one. And we're sitting around <laughs> at that first meeting and he said, I said, what's the goal? And in his business plan, he said half a million. And I kind of scoffed at him. Yeah. I said, at least jack it up to 600,000. Have, you know, grow, yeah, a, yeah. grow a pair and do something. <laughs> Um, but in, in watching this team operate, mm-hmm. I, I got a feeling that we'll have enough commitments to money oh my God. to hit that number within minutes of the actual fundraising being able to start. Yeah. I mean, just uh, even being in that group chat with, with everyone that's yeah. in there, like he really did pick, you know, some really genuine and good people, but yeah. he also picked people that are going to do a great job by him, you know, getting the, the word out there of yep. what we're trying to do. And we have a lot of awesome events that are going to be coming up between the, the YPN uh, dodgeball. <laughs> uh, and see, you stole my thunder. So I'm, I'm going to cut you. And I, I don't like to do this, but I'm going yeah. to cut you off right there. <laughs> so while we're sitting around this meeting, Charles talked about Long Island Real Estate Revolution, which is mm-hmm. a one day event that we're putting on. And, and we'll plug that. We're going to have everybody from we're, we're going to try to get everybody who's presenting at the event yeah. to come do the podcast. But while we lead up to it in May. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the one of the fundraising events that we talked about planning was thrown out there by literally thrown out there by you yeah. and guess whose lap it came back to fall in. <laughs> yeah, so talk to us about running a dodgeball event for charity. Okay. So there's not going to be um, right now. There's not too much information online about it. We haven't okay. posted about it. It's, Let, it's all, but let's yeah, talk yeah, yeah. about what it is and listen, sure. maybe we get lucky and somebody out there is a dodgeball event expert and wants oh, to I call would, and help us. Please 631-384-8611. Please reach out to me. Um, no, just kidding. So, so I had an idea. I did this in college, basically of uh, a big dodgeball tournament. I think it'd be really interesting and really uh, unique for the Long Island real estate community to get together for this big dodgeball event. So basically we're going to have 32 teams, it's going to be about six or seven uh, team person teams uh, to compete for, you know, the championship. So you're going to get um, you know, some awesome prizes, amazing raffles. We have like a Stanley Cup size trophy that we're going to be giving away to the office that wins. So obviously the office can get to keep it. I think it's just a really cool event to get everybody together, you know, a little bit of competitiveness in it as well. Yeah. So basically, you know, like, uh, you know, RCG Mortgage will have a team, uh, Cobalt Bank or Residential will have a team. Maybe your office will have a team. So basically just bringing everyone in the real estate community together for this competitive event to help raise the vital funds that we need to help cure LLS and, and I love it. contribute to Charles's campaign. And it's going to be an awesome event. And I cannot wait to see the trophy. I wish I could participate <laughs> because I am very competitive. So, well, listen, if you need, <laughs> if you need a sidekick in the non-competitive side to watch <laughs> and help, I'm more than happy to. Because- but it's going to be really cool too, because we're going to be able to sell tickets to, um, it's going to be in Syosset at Bounce. So it's going to be, you know, we, we have bleachers and stuff as well for nice. people to come and, and watch, you know, their office participate yep. and, and root people on. And we're, we're handing out t-shirts. We're going to have blue and pink t-shirts with uh, some really cool emblems on them. And 
it's just going to be a really cool event and it's just going to help, you know, raise that bar even further for what Charles is going to be able to do. And outside the box, crazy thinking. Yeah. And, and, and it's, it's your, your, the goal is to make it a one day event. Yes. So it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be, um, I believe it's April 20th. I don't even know if I'm allowed okay. to say this yet, but uh, April 20th. We're, we're shooting for April 20th. Yes. We'll say that. Uh, it's confirmed for now. Uh, but April 20th, I think it's going to be four to 7 PM in Syosset. Tickets are going to go on sale hopefully by the end of this week. We have a really funny video Charles and I are doing nice. um, based off of uh, a couple spoofs, spoof videos. So that's going to be really funny. Charles is going to be in some uh, an interesting costume when we shoot it. Why doesn't that surprise you? Yeah, me? exactly. And um, <laughs> it's going to be really, it's going to be an awesome event. And I'm super excited to obviously be on the same team as you yeah. and everybody else. And, you know, cancer, I think, affects everybody and in, in individually in different ways. Yeah. And I think it's really amazing to see how many people are coming together to help, you know, this cause and to help Charles whether you're, you're the number one real estate agent on the island, you know, one of the biggest flippers on the island and mm-hmm. everybody in between, you know, it's really amazing to see everyone come together. It's about building, a, it's about building a community and from that community, building a team, building teams within those communities Absolutely. to not compete with each other. Because like, you know, you, you hinted at it before we're, we're all quote unquote realtors mm-hmm. and the outside looking in, we're all competing for the same business. Of course. But in reality, we're all partners. Yep. You know, every 80, 80 plus percent of all the properties that are listed on our MLS are sold by a totally different company, let alone someone else within that company. Uh, So we do got to partner with each other and we've got to get along with each other and we don't have to agree on how we do business. Mm-hmm. But we have to agree on why we do business and that's to make a difference in other people's lives. Of course. And there's uh, enough to go around for everybody. Yeah. And that's what and, I say all the time. And, and it's what a part of one of the things, it's one of the things that I love most about the, the quote unquote realtor community, mm-hmm. especially here on Long Island, because I've been in it for over 20 years here, is that you look at the charitable efforts of so many people. Yeah. Uh, and the fact that you, you see other people and, and one of the things I won't go off on too much of a tangent, but one of the things <laughs> that I, that I think our board does so well is to spread that message of community relations and, and charitable and philanthropic things. Um, I, I love seeing that. And I, I love watching what, what you guys do through, through YPN, uh, what, what the board's done for things like Habitat for Humanity and what yeah. we can bring to the table to bring non-real estate related charitable organizations into the mix. Mm-hmm. Uh, I expect a huge turnout. Uh, of financial support from everybody within our communities. Yeah. Uh, there are hundreds of agents who I've already tortured. Uh, there are dozens of brokers who I've already tortured. And if mm-hmm. I don't see checks coming in from them to make a difference for something that's so important to us, oh, of course, I won't publicly shame all of them. There'll be a few yeah, that, yeah. that know me and expect me to do it. And that's when they'll make their donations. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that's also something to be said too, is none of us are getting anything out of it. It's not like, it's, it's I, no, more so it's, it's really just for the uh, satisfaction of being able to raise yeah. the vital funds. And I, I was going to respectfully disagree with you, but you touched on it. Yeah. We're, we're all going to get a tremendous amount of, of course. Of and course. that, and that sense of giving. Yes. And that's where it comes from. So yep. this is the old man talking to the younger guy in the room to say, <laughs> yes. be, be careful with your choice of words, but oh, I do agree with you a hundred percent. You weren't yeah. wrong to say it, but this is, here's my, here's my, uh, yeah. my, my life lesson of the moment. Of course. It, but you know what? People think that there's always a, a motive behind, or no. there's always a secondary motive behind what everybody does. Right. And, and it's not the case we, we are all just here to make yeah. a difference and it's going to mean the world to me, especially. And, and I know everyone else has had yeah. their battles and family and, and, you know, it's touched everybody. Cancer is, is everywhere. It's, you know, that there's, there's several causes that are very important to me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, cancer is something that's near and dear to my heart because of, of my dad, my wife, my father-in-law, my mm-hmm. grandmother, so many people, yeah. uh, you know, 
military benefits are something mm-hmm. that I'm passionate about. I never did get to serve, but so many of my family did. Uh, and, and then the suicide issues in, the, in this country, yeah. uh, all very personal to me. And I love to spread the word for, for organizations like that. Yeah. Not to say that any other cause is not worthy, but mm-hmm. they're, and those causes have presented me great opportunities to go and do things. Yeah. And the biggest benefit that I get out of it is, is whether I raise a dollar or a million. One of, one of my goals with LLS this year isn't necessarily to raise the most money as one of the team members, yeah. but it's to get as many individual donations. So my goal once we launch is to get at least 100 people to make a donation within the first 10 days. That's awesome. Because awareness is just as important as funding. Of course. You know? I think that's the biggest thing of it yeah. too is is how much awareness we're able to raise yep. in between ASOF and Lauren's campaign. And, you know, how, and everyone how, else who ran, not to disrespect of course, any of, of the others yes. from this year. I just don't know off yeah. the top of my head, but you know, for the awareness that they were able to raise, I think it's just, it really genuinely is yeah. making a difference. And I, I also think, you know, everyone always says when we get happy about a deal or something, you know, Hey, well, that's awesome. But you know, you're not curing cancer. Right. Mm-hmm. I think that that phrase is so silly and it's true, right. It is yeah. true. But now we actually have the opportunity to help raise the vital funds to potentially cure. And that, and that's what I think more and more people in positions like us should, should consider yeah. is that you can have a huge impact on society, on the, the world. Mm-hmm. by contributing before you even earn a dollar. Yep. You know, we, I won't get into specifics because I don't want to put anybody in an awkward spot, yeah. but we've committed to donating X percentage of everything that we do mm-hmm. every year. And I give our clients the opportunity to say, would you like it made to a specific cost specific to you? If mm-hmm. not, we're going to double and triple down on what's important to us. Yeah. Uh, but we've gotten to learn about so many other organizations, you know, yeah. uh, I'm a dog lover. I've got three Me dogs too. in my house. Now I had three English bulldogs before that. I had one before that. My wife <laughs> grew up in a house with animals mm-hmm. and, and, you know, animal cruelty in the shelters. Yeah, and me too. I, I love one of the easiest things you could do. You look at all these, these dog shelters on the Island and they're posting mm-hmm. some of the most disturbingly sad no, pictures. It. But I share stuff like that all the time. Mm-hmm. And my wife and I have said, when our kids are older and we're in a smaller place, we want to be those people who go and foster yeah. an older dog. Yep. Whether it be for a couple of days, weeks, or months, give the, those little things make us feel good for ourselves. Of course. Um, you know, so I, I think philanthropic endeavors should be something on everybody's mind. Absolutely. Uh, and I think we should all come from a position of saying, where in the upper echelon of things that are important to us can we fit that? before we put all the other things in. It's not what can I get to to make a difference. It's what can I think of yeah. and how I can make a difference and where it could fit in everywhere else. It's yeah. business planning 101. Well, what's really interesting is when I was a kid, um, you know, I went on to play college baseball, but my biggest, um, you know, aside from being able to play the game that I loved every single day, my biggest like motivation, and it's so weird to think about, you know, when I was younger that this was like a motivation factor for me, but I used to always see like these players going to the hospitals, like children's yeah. you know, hospitals and, and visiting the kids that have cancer and seeing like, how hyped it got them, how excited, how much it like made their day, their, their month, like their, their make a wish. So that was why I wanted to be a baseball player is because I wanted that like the fame, That's I awesome. guess, to be able to go into these, you know, these opportunities where you can make a difference in that sense. And my father who just got on Facebook at whatever, 60 something years old um, and it's driving me absolutely bananas, but he just got on Facebook and he's sharing all this, like, you know, he doesn't understand it yet. Right. But last night he put up a picture actually that I didn't even know he had. It was me and my two little brothers. Um, who are 16 and like 18, I think. And maybe at the time they were younger, but it was us when I first got my real estate license and we would organize an event every Thanksgiving and we would line up people that, you know, were homeless or didn't have anywhere. You didn't have to be homeless. Didn't have anywhere to go for Thanksgiving. People of need. People of need. 
And we would line up, you know, we cooked, I think like 65 turkeys and we had over like 300 people every year that we did it and they would come eat, have fun, you know, drink sodas, whatever. I love it. And uh, he shared that yesterday. So that was the first post that he shared that I didn't tell him to delete. But, uh, you know, it's just been a part of me since I was young. He used to take me to soup. Now did you reshare what he posted? I will reshare that one and that one only most likely. Okay, good. Cause I'm look I'm looking <laughs> yeah, forward. Yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing that. It's, it's a really cool, that's picture. what it's all about. Yeah. You know? And um, you know, for my little brothers too, they never complained once, you know, they weren't, they had a good time and it's just been something that's been instilled in me since I was younger and having the opportunity to be on the team with you guys and, and with Charles just, and even run the dodgeball event. Like, of course it's a lot of pressure. I love it. All these gray hairs are Charles, 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 but yeah, get, get used to it. They, once they start, they don't <laughs> yeah. stop. That's why I keep my hair so yeah, short. Yeah. You can't but, see um, as much. <laughs> but, but I am, I'm extremely excited and, yeah. and I love this stuff. I really do. Dude, let me, let me tell you, you, you are, um, there's so much about you that's so unique. Uh, I, I'm, I'm proud to say that I've had a chance to have you, have you sit here, um, for an hour with me and talk. I, I'm so honored to be part of the team with so many great people. Uh, you guys all have helped me raise my own standards. Uh, and I think that's the beauty of teams like this is that we all go in and it's not, what can I do? That's more than someone else. It's yep. what can I do? That's more than I was able to, you know, from the time I walk into the door to the time that I walk out, I want to become a better person. Yep. Uh, and I see so much of that in all the things that you do that I, you know, as an old man, I'm going to say, I'm proud of you. Um, <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. Because, because you, de- you deserve it. And, and I, I think more and more people need to take a look at, at, you and people like you uh, who go out there and are willing to be to, to kind of bear their soul to humanity mm-hmm. uh, and, and say, doesn't have to be hard. You can do good things and make a difference. Um, and it doesn't and, matter where you are in life either. Like, no. You know, you don't have to be a professional baseball player to go and do those things and visit people and you don't have to put it on social media. Um, you know, some things that I do, I don't tell people right. about and I don't post about it because right. I don't need to, you know, yeah. it makes me feel good and I know that I did it. I don't need people to know. And if my right. dad never posted that picture, nobody would have known I've ever done that before either. And, and it's not uh, the point. And, and, and I completely agree with that. But at the same time, you, there's two ways to look at it. If I mm-hmm. share, if I keep it to myself, yeah. you know, it was one of the things I never talked about what I did charitable wise for mm-hmm. years. And I always said, I don't, cause I don't want to come across as, as bragging. Of course. But then one day I had this trigger mm-hmm. and I, I think it may have had something to do with when my brother passed, you know, my brother had suicidal event. Um, and my, my, daughter who's now 25 so she was 15 at the time um she jumped in at, at school and got involved with the american foundation for suicide prevention and organized a walk and i said you know it's awesome it's selfish of me to not talk about these things i don't mm. have to tell you how much i donated yeah, because yeah. it could have been a dollar it could have been everything that my entire family's ever earned yeah that doesn't matter it's the fact that I'm bringing awareness. So I, I look at it and this is for me. I'm not telling anyone else that it's right or wrong, mm-hmm. but for me to not share the things that I do, it's not about me. It's about yeah. how we can make a difference and me bringing more awareness. And I that's think true. that's what really opened me up to getting more comfortable with all of this stuff that I do. Yeah. It's not about, Hey, look at me. It's about, Hey, listen, because it's something you might be able to learn. Yeah. And if you do, please let me know because I want to get better at what I do. I want to be able to help you. Cause that's what gets me better. You know, if I'm yeah. not, if you're not learning, you're dying. I agree. Uh, I, I, you're hundred percent right. You know, yeah. I definitely agree with that. So we're, we're going to wrap anything that any, anything that you want to close with any questions you might have for the audience, anything we can do for you. No, I would just say uh, stay tuned for the dodgeball event and for all the LLS campaign and, and events that we have going on. Obviously follow me on social media. <laughs> um, if you have any questions, you need any advice, you need any help. I love being able to help people, yeah. you know, whether you're a new agent, whether you're in Jersey, 
Massachusetts, wherever. Yeah. You know, don't ever hesitate to to message me and uh, yeah, just stay tuned for all of our events we have coming up. That's kick, it. Kick cancer's ass. I, I and I was <laughs> just gonna say we're we're gonna close by thanking everybody for your time. Please pay yes. attention. Follow Dan if you can't find him, find me, and and we'll pass you through as we put together our notes. We'll definitely link you up in every and, way possible. And thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate yeah. it. It's uh, it was a pleasure and an honor and to finally. Finally get here. That's it. We made it. And when you're, when you're on track and doing yours, I look forward to sitting on the yes, couch with you. Absolutely. And, you know, I'll bring the pillow and put my feet up and you can play shrink <laughs> for me if you want. And bring the jewel. But yeah, <laughs> I'm more of a soul person than a jewel person. But, uh, but ladies and gentlemen, I just want to thank Dan again for coming in. Thank you. I look forward to getting all your support. Let's go out there and kick cancer's ass. Dude, yes, thank you so much for coming in. Thank you. Very all much. right.